Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and you're listening to Faves, an upbeat talk show about her favorite things. In this episode, Jamie Morgan joins the show to talk about her favorite paranormal moments from Unsolved Mysteries, a television show featuring reenactments and interviews retelling cases that hadn't yet been solved. I don't like seeing old people cry. We also talk about her nonprofit rescue, Misfit Manor, Rescue 911, and her having the dangerous combination of being both vegan and into CrossFit. Enjoy! family my mother especially was very into like horror and ghosts and that was our bonding experience was Mm -hmm. I would stay up late with her and watch things that I shouldn't have been watching as a child I'm sure it came out what in 1988 is when it started around there yeah so I was around six or seven oh my god (laughs) I thought I was bad around like yeah I mean that's probably (laughs) probably explains what's wrong with me as an adult I'm sure how did you come back to unsolved mysteries because like for me i remember my family used to watch it when i was younger and it i would say obviously it warped me in some way shape or form but what made you come back to choose unsolved mysteries for your episode like did you continue watching it into adulthood or did you just always remember it holding a special place for you um i think that i i would always have weird memories of certain stories and with the magic of the internet you can now like look those things up and so I would just go back on YouTube and like rewatch s- certain segments. And then Amazon released like not all, but most of the seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I've just kind of been binge watching in the, the privacy of my home. <laughs> the, the first episode you chose, actually, I think it was this episode or maybe it was the Halloween episode, but there's like a disclaimer at the top of the show. And it essentially tells you like, this is not a news broadcast. They're like (laughs) warning people that these are reenactments and this isn't the news, just in case you think it's real, like at that moment. It's crazy. Do you think people thought it was real? I I like would imagine like there's no internet. This is essentially you're watching TV all the time. People are probably calling 911 thinking that this stuff is real and they've like never seen a reenactment before in their life, which is crazy to think about now. Yeah. This first segment of of this episode, or actually I think it was a third story, Ghost Boy which is one that you picked out and it involves, uh, let's see, 1998, they're doing a reenactment about a boy who is essentially haunted and the family doesn't know what to do and they call him Ghost Boy. His literal doctors call him Ghost Boy, which made me like, <laughs> my eyebrow <laughs> went so high up on my forehead when the doctor said that. Everything about this episode was so infuriating for me. And I, and I also, I don't know if this is kind of like backtracking, but what I love about being able to watch this in today's time is that I can then go online and try and find these people. Mm. And that's kind of what I tried to do. Ghost Boy himself is impossible. But mom has gone on to do lots of uh, lots of stuff about Ghost Boy. I, I, I saw that too. She apparently has written at least one book, right? I think one or two, oh yeah. Oh my God. I want to see if you had the same reaction to Shadow Man as I did. Well, it's funny. It's 19. This is like you. I think you and I are both like super into the paranormal. So watching this episode 1998, there's like literally nothing out there compared to today about paranormal investigation. 
And so like he, they, they interview the boy. He's like talking about how he's seeing what he thinks I think is his great grandfather. Like he <laughs> sees someone and then he sees a photo of his great grandfather. And he's like, that's who I see. But he's never seen a photo of his great grandfather prior right, to pr- that moment. Prior to that moment somehow. Um, yeah. So the so they call this this guy, I think his name is John Zaffis, who is like uh, essentially what you would consider like a paranormal investigator at the time. And what he's describing, so this kid says he sees like almost like shadow people. And what he describes compared to today, it almost sounds like sleep paralysis, right? Yeah. Like he like he literally has sleep paralysis. And that's yeah. like my first thought, like, holy crap, like this is just sleep paralysis, what they would call it now. But the mom, the thing that shifts that thinking is the mom says she sees something as well, like a shadow person wearing like a top hat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she also sees the bed shaking. So this like threw into like, okay, what's going on here? Um, it just didn't jive with me because on top of that, the family has moved eight times. Eight times. To and he's had four exorcisms. <laughs> that, that blew my mind. They had literally had four. an exorcism like every four months. Yeah. And and on top of that, this one I specifically wrote down, the priest during the exorcism asked him to drink holy water. Holy water. Which I've yeah. never, I've never heard of before. Maybe I'm okay, right? That's weird. That's super weird. Like that throws a giant red flag into the entire story for me. Like, what priest <laughs> would ask someone to drink holy water? I yeah. Also, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> and also, why would it work? So this whole thing is thrown into question. But like, what kind of exorcism works for like a period of a few months, and then you have to have another one? And yeah. So I was like thinking to myself, like, um. Well, what did the general audience even think of this story at the time? Right? Because like you're here, like yeah. this is like mainstream, I guess as mainstream as season 12 of Unsolved Mysteries can be at that point, which is crazy in and of itself. It's gone for 12 seasons. But like, man, I don't, I wouldn't know what to think about like ghosts or sleep paralysis, which I don't even know was a thing back then, but man, it was, it was a crazy segment. So this was 1998, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think at like that time, a lot, there were a lot of ghost shows coming out. So I feel like it was almost like a normal TV thing at that point. Mm. And I wonder how much of that influenced this particular family. I feel like mom, I don't want to be harsh on mom, but I Do feel it. like I feel like mom had some issues and was wanting some attention. Attention. Yeah. Cause I felt even with just watching the interviews with the boy, it was so awkward. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like things were being put fed to him into yeah, and also his brother. And if you notice, like there's a sister who's in all of the photos, but she's never like a teenage sister who's yeah. like just not. She's just like I'm not being part of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are fucking crazy. Maybe the maybe the shadow man killed her, and they just refuse to talk about Baba Duke. Did you realize it was basically Baba Duke? Oh my god, probably my favorite horror movie. Of all time, yeah. Babadook. Maybe the daughter choked to death drinking holy water during the fifth exorcism and she died. <laughs> Did they all have to drink holy water? Or just him? <laughs> I think just him. Can you imagine, this? so this is season 12 and the next episode you had us watch was way back from, I think, the first one. But It was the very first season. Yeah. And that ep- like that episode is hard to find. It was super hard to find. We had to use you know the dark web to track it down. Yeah. But can you imagine watching that first uh, segment, Ghost Boy, can you imagine this show as like a podcast 
like people would eat this kind of stuff up if it were like brand new or even if they someone had the rights to unsolved mysteries and brought it back as a weekly podcast people eat this kind of stuff up maybe not so much the paranormal but yeah. like weird murder unsolved oh yeah that's hot right now it is super hot Do i you, listen to a lot of those murder podcasts i have like this weird i used to be super into it i used to watch um making a murderer when that came out like i was super into it um oh, yeah, the netflix show but now I have like this weird moral quandary where I'm like, should I be into this kind of thing? Like, what is the entertainment value here of digging into people's like depressing backstories of like death and murder and suicide? I don't know. It's like super weird because there was this one Netflix show about some guy who had like a bomb taped to him. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> They showed that shit, and I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. And then I felt really dirty. I did, too. For watching. That was, like, that was the limit for me. I think I retired from those kind of shows after that one. Yeah, that one one made my body hurt. There was, like, no redeeming, not that there's ever really a lot of redeeming parts of those shows, but, like, I just felt crappy after watching that. Because everyone involved was, like, essentially evil, and no one really got their comeuppance. Oh, I forgot about that. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up the pain oh, no. from that Netflix show. Because it was just like all of a sudden. Yeah. It's one of those things where you think, oh, that they're not going to show this. And it's like, oh, shit, they showed it. Oh, and yeah. then they showed it again. Over and over again. And then I was like, that's not real, right? That's like a reenactment. Because I'm used to Unsolved Mysteries reenactments. Like, that <laughs> you're, yeah, you're happen. waiting for Robert Stack to walk in front of the yeah. camera and tell you that that wasn't real. So tell me about the Halloween episode. How you How you even found the Halloween episode from season one? Or like literally heard about it if you just remembered it. I remembered the bunk bed thing, Um, the bunk bed segment. And I think that apparently everyone else on the internet also remembered that segment. Because when I Googled it, it was just like everyone talking about how do I know this horror story? Where did Mm -hmm. it come from? And so that led me back to, of course, Unsolved Mysteries. Of course, it always comes back. Yeah. So I had like weird weird like vague memories of that episode because that was from like the very first season yeah so i was like probably six i guess (laughs) (laughs) dreading you ever getting a bunk bed i would imagine (laughs) i don't know i had one and i think that's why i had the the memories of it yeah i had i also had a bunk bed that looked like identical to this one so the halloween episode of unsolved mysteries they go to four different locations or four different segments and one of which is the queen mary that's the first one and he yeah. they kind of like show off statistics at what is it 1988 and robert stack says you know of the people surveyed 14% said they've had a run in with a ghost or whatever which i thought was like really interesting to see here statistics from 1988 of like what people thought of ghosts cuz now we've gone back 10 years where this is like the first time they've really done like i guess a, a huge ghost episode for unsolved mysteries it was so like foreign he was very upset about that. Did you, read, <laughs> did you read anything about him and like when they presented him with this? No. He was furious. He thought it was bullshit. He's like, there's no such thing as ghosts. We're not doing this. No one's going to believe this. <laughs> oh, my God. And then it turned into be like a big hit. Robert, come on. Wake up, Robert. Open your mind to the supernatural. Yeah. The, the Queen Mary stories I thought were great. I love hearing the stories of like, you know, people walking around late at night and seeing the one old woman like about to jump into the pool and they like walk around to find her and she's not there. I love, I want to experience those stories so badly. My favorite part about that is the woman 
who I think it was the woman who saw that particular entity said that it was in black and white. The ghost was in black and white. (laughs) That is so dumb. And then she also went on to say that she doesn't believe other people when they say ghosts, but she saw a ghost. I I, I specifically wrote that quote down because there was two quotes this episode that made no sense to me. The one woman saying she only believes what she saw and nothing else. (laughs) And then the owner of the restaurant let me see if I can find his exact quote. Uh, the, there's the third segment about the General Wayne in Philadelphia. Quote, I don't believe in ghosts, but I know they're here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yep. So let's talk about the bunk bed the segment bunk. because the family didn't even want to be on camera for this one. They, yeah, they changed this is their names. Why, this is how you know this is real. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you know this shit happened. Because these people are so traumatized by their experience that... They didn't want to be seen. They didn't want their children's names on the show. And they wanted reenact like actors to play them. And on top of that, first, I agree. Secondly, it, this, early in Unsolved Mysteries, the actual people played themselves in the reenactments, which blew my mind. Yeah. Like, why on earth would you ever agree to that? <laughs> some, of, some of them played themselves so awkwardly. <laughs> Like, how are you bad at being yourself? I know. The one, I think it was the restaurant segment. The guy, like, walks into the back room and sees a decapitated head in the corner of his eye and then leaves. Like, you are the literal worst actor I've ever seen. All you had to do was just walk into a room and then walk out and you screwed that up. (laughs) Family with a bunk bed, they apparently see, like, the radio changing channels. The kids were getting sick and the dad sees the paintbrush upside down, Mm -hmm. right? Like, while he was painting. That's the that's the scene that I have memories of as a child. Yeah. For some reason. I don't know why. It's not like I was painting all the time or anything. <laughs> but I very clearly remember that scene. They talk to a pastor, or maybe they, they relay a quote from a pastor who went to go see their house. And apparently the pastor says, quote, he sensed evil when he went into the house. Like, what pastor is going to relay that information <laughs> to anyone if he walks into a house like that? Did they say where they got the bunk bed? It was like a secondhand store or something. Yeah, it was right? a secondhand right. place. Okay. So you get ghosts and bed bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bed bugs if you're lucky. <laughs> there was also a scene where like the dad challenged the demon and then the garage was like on fire. It was on fire. He, but the thing that about that that I found funny was so he's outside, the house looks like it's on fire, so he just walks it back into the house. <laughs> And then comes outside and he's like, oh, wait, the house is on fire. Did you have you ever encountered a ghost or anything like any of the people so far on Unsolved Mysteries? Not really. I mean, I've been ghost hunting, not even really ghost hunting. So I used to work at Eastern State Penitentiary. Oh. And they, you can pay to go ghost hunting there. I mean, you could then. I don't know if that's still, I imagine it's still a thing because they've made so much money doing that. Um, And so I would work those shifts where, the, the museum part would close and then I would go and let the ghost hunters in. And then I would just sit in the dark in this <laughs> <laughs> like dilapidated prison while people, <laughs> primarily white people, would scream at ghosts <laughs> in the dark. And like you would see like flashlights and they had like all of their, their equipment. But my question yeah. about ghost hunting is why do people always yell at the ghosts? That. I don't know. There's, Have you ever noticed that? 
Yeah, they try to like get, they think they're getting a rise out of the ghost. Or like they think yelling at them is going to like piss them off and be like, okay, I'm going to show you but, something, jerks. Yeah. <laughs> like, does that ever work? I don't think that ever works. No, I don't. I'm, yeah. What's your favorite ghost show in general? I used, I, I don't get to watch them so much because I live with my partner and he makes fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually making fun of me prior to, uh, us getting on this call because uh-huh. I was talking about the ghost boy and he went on this spiel about all of the neurological things that are probably wrong with that kid <laughs> and that it's not really a ghost. So have you, have you ever gone on a ghost hunt with him? No, he's oh. so, he's such a, like a sourpuss because he doesn't believe in any of that stuff. Oh my God. So it's, I would just have to go by myself. That's sad. Yeah. And I'm going ghost hunting in like two weeks. Um, for real mm-hmm. with my mom and my sister and my nephew <laughs> we're going like my sister like scheduled this like ghost hunting thing um in indiana oh where they live at a movie theater oh that sounds awesome yeah a haunted movie theater so this this will be my first time actually being like a ghost hunter and not somebody that just lets a bunch of ghost hunters in right the bunk bed episode i think ends with them finally getting rid of the bunk bed after a relative slept over and saw something. So they eventually destroyed the bed, the bunk bed and yeah. moved to another city. And then all was well after that. They like, I think that in the video, they show the bunk bed getting run over by a truck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like really dramatic. What an amazing reenactment too. We need to get a bunk bed and we need a steamroller to run over it for <laughs> five seconds of footage. The general Wayne was another part of the Halloween episode where it was this restaurant, this famous like inn. Um, I don't, I don't know what I thought about that one. I was really bored with that one. Yeah. Just because the, the stuff that's like truly historical, it just bores me. Mm -hmm. I like the things that are like ghosts that are like this woman got her head cut off and (laughs) now she's, I was speaking. I have a story about that, (laughs) about getting your, your head cut off. Tell me. And this is, I feel like this all explains like why I'm so neurotic about these things. So when I was a baby we lived next door to this house that was like stereotypical house that should have been on a hill that everyone is like afraid of. Mm-hmm. But we lived directly next door to it. Um, and when I was a baby, the year, it was like the year after I was born, the woman lived there. I think she lived there with her sister. Got her head cut off. Her sister cut her head cut off oh or God. cut her head off. What? Does that make sense? The sister cut the other sister. I think it might not have been the sister. There's like a whole, I could send you the links to all of the stories. It sounds horrifying um, in and of itself. Yeah. So when I like became of age of like where I was aware of this happening, and this was also when Unsolved Mysteries um, mm. came up. I probably why I became obsessed with that. So I was convinced that the house was haunted because the lady got her head chopped off. And I would sit because there was a window that was right next to my bedroom window. And I would sit and like wait and look for ghosts and like make like pretend that I was seeing ghosts, but really it was mm-hmm. just like shadows and shit. Yeah, it was my neighbor. Ugh. That's fucking crazy. Just thinking about the act of decapitating someone, like that's not yeah. that's not easy work. No, you know it's you're not putting easy. the time in. Yeah, especially in like what was like 1983. There weren't like Ugh. decapitation tools. Probably weren't as high tech right back then. And when I think of people's necks. Generally, the first place I think of is Half Double Design, not your granny's crochet. Amanda at Half Double Design has scarves, blankets, shawls, princess wigs, you name it, all available for order or even custom order right now. 
Amanda's waiting to hear from you, and you won't regret it. Halfdoubledesign.com. The the final story, yeah, we can gloss over General Wayne. It was kind of a word. In general, I'm like, I'm always super skeptical, but I'm like mega skeptical if a business owner is telling me stories about their business oh, being yeah. haunted. Like, we know what's happening here. Like, you want to make some money. That's right. what's happening. You, you want visitors. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the last one was about an Atlanta poltergeist, allegedly. And you can kind of, now that you mentioned Robert Stack's, like, hesitation Mm -hmm. he mentions this couple as like you wouldn't believe it because these this this couple is sober reliable people like what what does that even mean like only kooks or you know like drunks are the ones telling us these stories he said that about the bunk bed people too that they were stand-up church-going citizens oh my god the 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 weird thing in this episode was their description of poltergeists. Do you remember what they said? Like they said poltergeists are caused by someone with psychokinesis. Oh yeah. Nearby. I've never heard that before. And they they also said that all humans have this capability or something. Yeah, that's a strange thing to hear in the late 80s. This this story made me kind of sad. Mm. Toward the end. Tell me. Like the guy got really emotional. When he was talking about the bell, like when I was watching it and there he was talking about how when his wife wakes up, she rings the bell and then he runs upstairs. And I got really like pissed about that for a minute, like the patriarchy. I was like, why is, you know, don't like, not even the, it would be like, yeah, I was just like, that. she's a slave. Like she's ringing the bell. He's running to her. But then they started talking about how they had like a code to like Mm. trick the ghost. (laughs) And he's like, and then the bell rang three times. And then he started, he almost started crying. God. And yeah. then his wife was like, what's, go- are you going to cry? <laughs> She's like, I've never seen you like this. So I felt kind of like it was a, a very genuine, like, situation that they were in. I agree. Because there was one part where the husband, I think it was the husband describing the wife. And when she, like, yelled to him about something. He's like, and I know my wife's a down to earth person. I know she wouldn't be messing around with something like this. So I came running or something like that, where like, mm-hmm. they're so like kind of salt of the earth, I guess to, to paraphrase Robert Stack, like <laughs> you, you got to like, see how like jilted they were by certain things happening in the house. I don't like seeing old people cry. <laughs> <laughs> it was really sad. So that was Unsolved Mysteries. I loved going back to see it, but it brought back a lot of weird memories as a kid watching that like before bed or something as like I was scampering up to my room. Very strange feelings. I'm glad that the theme music holds up though. It does hold up. Like it's, it just brings chills, chills to my spine every time I hear it. I haven't, have you watched any of the um, episodes with the second host? No, but I read about it on Wikipedia. Yeah, I I haven't watched that's all I know too. I ref- I'm I feel very like committed to Robert Stack. <laughs> How about there's like 600 episodes of the show? There's so many. Oh my god, that's and a lot. There's like a, a high percentage of like the murder mysteries have all been solved. Oh, you know what it reminded me of, which I didn't connect until now. But did you ever watch Rescue 911? Oh yeah. Oh my god, that's in the I, same I, boat for me. I was uh close to picking that as well as my topic because I feel like. <laughs> I feel like the reenactments for those are even better in like the worst possible way than Absolutely. Unsolved Mysteries. I have just talking about it two seconds ago, I have this visceral memory that haunted me of some girl getting hit by a car and run over and her being stuck under the car being burned by the <gasps> undercarriage of the car. Oh my God. 
Like that. Is that, that is, an episode? That's an episode. I remember this specifically. Like she was just kind of like, she got hit by the car. She's run over. The reenactment just shows her under the car, like in pain from the hot engine burning her skin under the car. Like, why would you ever show that on a television program? Oh my God. <laughs> I had, there's an episode of Rescue 901 where a woman eats a banana and then she dies. And so for the longest time as a child, I was afraid to eat bananas because of this episode. <laughs> You run a nonprofit, <laughs> rescuing animals, taking them in, helping them get ready for a new home. Now you also have like this really nice property, this large property to kind of like help you do that. What came first? Was Misfit Matter before that? Or did the, did your house like help facilitate kind of getting that up and running and helping you do that? The, well, the house facilitated it for sure. I mean, I've always, always been involved with like animal rescue to some extent. Um, and then when we moved out of we moved out of the city out here. I was like, oh, we have all this property now. Let's fill it with a bunch of animals. Mm. Um, and so then just decided to like make it like an official official thing. What are some of your favorite stories that come out of running Misfit Manor? Because you, you have like an Instagram specifically for Misfit Manor. It shows like all the animals you have. Sometimes they like come and go. But like, do you have any favorite kind of characters to come through Misfit Manor and like situations finding them a new home? I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I really like the ones that are here currently are really great characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like my favorite part that you don't see on the Instagram account um, because of confidentiality reasons is that Misfit Manor runs a program for people who are in crisis. So people who have pets who may be facing um like homelessness or they're going into drug rehab or going into mental health treatment, but they don't know what they're going to do with their animal for that time. So we like step in and like Mm. find foster care or we help with like vet bills and things like that while people are getting back on their feet. So those tend to be the stories that, uh, that kind of stick with me because people, they come back Mm because they, they get their animal back. They're really excited and then they want to get involved and they want to like pay it forward in a way. Yeah. That's a big win. So I think that's the part that um, I spend most of my emotional labor on. Um, as far as like animals, we just <laughs> we just adopted out a little Chihuahua that was thrown out of a car. Oh my god! Um, and his name is Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> and we had like a bidding war of people who wanted this dog. Really? Um, even though he had like a he has a heart condition. But I also like played it up. I was like, oh, Nintendo has a broken heart. And everyone's like, that's so cute. <laughs> how do people in general find like Misfit Manor? Like how do people get connected with you to even know that, you know, that someone needs a home? The internet. Yeah. But like, don't send people to me, Matt. No. <laughs> well, I was don't, just wondering like I'm how- I'm not an open intake shelter. Uh, how people like even kind of know that like Nintendo is there, like that there is oh. a Nintendo, like- I guess some people kind of like are in a situation where they start like Googling and like, okay, I want to, you know, I want an animal in the house with the family. Mm-hmm. Where do I find them? I guess that's just kind of how in general it happens. Yeah. Like, it, uh, well, he never even made it to Pet Finder. Like, mm. Usually the animals will all go on Pet Finder. Um, but he didn't even make it there. He like, the first photo 
of him on Instagram, people were like, I want that dog. (laughs) But I think that's because people love little, like shitty little dogs. They love them. I mean, not that he's shitty. I love him. But like people love like the little, little dogs that are bad. Mm -hmm. Um, They they don't want to stick them in like a purse with them. Yeah. They want to get in like little outfits and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. They love that. And see, I know that they love that. And that's why I put outfits on them. And then people are like. Give Halloween is like Christmas for these people with these dogs, with the outfits they can put on these dogs. Yeah. yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're vegan too, right? I am. I heard you're, you don't like vegans. That's who told you that. I heard that on your on your podcast. Get out of here. What did I say? Do you have you're a direct like, quote? No, I don't. But I, then I, I heard you're I, like, I, I like f- vegans. I eat cheese. And it's like, no, that's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the polar opposite. Uh I thought I I thought I edited out any kind of vegan back talk in previous no. episodes, but no, I was, I was gonna punching s- my steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you're ve- you're both vegan and into CrossFit, which yeah, is like man, it's like crossing the streams. I don't know how yeah. people can deal with you socially. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a different sort. You're not like the CrossFitter that you know. You don't post a ton about doing CrossFit. You're not like no, because I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I remember when you first started really doing it. You like a rare Instagram story post would go off about how you're like at CrossFit or whatever, and I thought those were pretty pretty cool to say. Yeah, because I, I don't want to be that person that that talks about it all the time. Uh huh. Much much like my unsolved mysteries watching, I <laughs> I do it privately. What's your favorite uh, horror movie of all time? Oh, of all time. So probably Halloween, mm. and I think that's because um, I was named after Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. Because of Halloween, uh, that was my mother's favorite movie, or is my mother's favorite movie, and so I think I just kind of got in, like that kind of like stuck to me i guess Mm -hmm. and i kind of wonder if i hadn't been named after her if that would be my favorite horror movie we talked a little bit before um recording but we have like a common bond between both of us because we tried to eradicate a like a previous past past from the internet we way back when we you did a video show and i did a podcast and i me and my buddy Dubbill guest hosted on the video show. As with anything that's like super old, I like asked ahead of time, like, do you want to talk about this? You're like, you're like, yeah, we can talk about it. Because I didn't realize that you also, like I did, tried to like hunt down all copies of something that you did like over 10 years ago online and destroy it. Destroy it's so hard it, yeah. to do that. And it created so much anxiety for me. Isn't it crazy? I, I actually went back to my Twitter. I deleted like most everything. Just because, like, God forbid, like, I know I said so many and did so many dumb things, like, less than 10 years ago. But, like, it's just all out there. And it, like, gives me crazy anxiety. I Yeah. And, and I mean, I used to be kind of an asshole. So, <laughs> I think about that. I'm like, man, I was, like, really. Because that was, like, my shtick. I was, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to just be, like, this whiskey jerk. Right. And that's, which is not really who I am. And I think that, like, I I fed on that. And people, like encourage that mm-hmm. and then now i'm like oh but i'm not really like that and if i like run for president this is all gonna <laughs> come back to haunt me <laughs> i mean it's like not even run for president if you do anything kind of like publicly in yeah. that gets like any kind of traction you're in you're under a microscope if, if anyone's listening just like google yourself or it's like what did you even say on twitter like five years ago yeah like even th- me thinking of what i said like three years ago makes me cringe Oh, I'm going to go back through all my stuff again. <laughs> just a just double check. But I mean, even like, it's not even like my the, the video series that I did was bad. It was just like 
it's just not who I am now. Mm. You know, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I don't know if my co- if the co-host at the time, I'm sure the co-host at the time pr- probably feels the same way. We've been on quote online long enough to where like there's you know adult growth happening, and now you have to just like deal with the fallout of stuff being out there. Oh, I just want to quit the internet. <laughs> Rescue 911 was legit terrifying. I know you agree with me. I just wanted to reiterate real quick. If you're just checking out the show for the first time, if you're a longtime listener, uh, you have one job at this moment forward. I'm talking to you, the one with the headphones on, choosing their next podcast. Share the link to this episode. Use your podcast app to share it out and tweet it or Facebook it or head to the Faves Pod Twitter account and retweet. Uh, or share a link out to this episode. Spread the word of the show if you enjoyed it. Uh, it helps find new friends of the show. And thanks very much to Jamie for hopping on. Maybe next time we'll talk Rescue 911. Goodbye. <laughs>